0: You're listening to Another Woodshop Podcast, the OKS podcast of its type. Your hosts are Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks and Peter Kapar of P Tree's Workshop. You can find them as well as the podcast on your favorite social media platforms.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 163 of Another Woodshop Podcast. This week we are joined by another one of my favorites. The small shop tool Tetris King himself, a musician, dare I say, artist, and a bit of a mad scientist, testing out the woodworking techniques so that you don't have to. My second favorite Canadian thing after poutine, Scotty the the Walsh is here. What's up? It's silly.
2: Thank you. What a nice intro. It was all lies. Ah! We hate you.
1: Hi, guys. The T H E. Scotty the Walsh. Yeah. The only one. The Walsh. The, Walsh. Yeah. All the other ones, the only one. are phony Walshes. I can tell yeah, you. Apparently yeah. there are not, others. Not a phony Walsh is our patrons. Ain't that right, Dan?
3: <laughs> that is correct, my man. And speaking of patrons, we have one new patron this week. What? Yes. Uh, but I got some news. Oh. Uh, it's not that Aaron. It's the other one.
1: Oh. Robert's... That's his
3: name. That's his name on Patreon.
1: The other Aaron?
3: No, it's it literally says, not that Aaron, the other one. So <laughs> thank you. Wow. Not that Aaron, the other one. We appreciate your patronage. Uh, and speaking of our Patreon members, we have some VIP members we want to uh, shout out. And I should have had this ready, but I did not. But yeah. I'm stalling and I'm doing a good job stalling. look at this. Look at me stall. Daniel is stalling. <laughs> Dad, look.
1: Dad! Dad is calling Dad! <laughs> one of these days,
3: one of these days, one of these days we're going to do a podcast I'm going to have all this stuff ready yeah, and people are going ready. to be like, what is going on? <laughs> Anyways, we want to give a big shout out to our VIP patrons, and they are in no particular order, but this order, Victor Aragama, Matthew Hoff, Nick Brim, Matt Maynard of Patriotic Pines, Steve, Steve Iodarola, Melinda Coons, Philip Plant, lead singer. <laughs>
1: Yeah. There he is. Lead
3: singer of uh Led <laughs> Zeppelin. Yeah. Daniel Bryson, Bill Burkle, Malcolm at Bossa Nova Woodworks. Jake Conin, Justin at Calvary Customs, Kristen Christian Tongue, Square Splinter, Matthew from Artigiano Serio.
1: Oh, that's good. That might no, be he, I
3: don't I've never read that name before, so he might be new. So
1: Are you accidentally Big shout out to, to Matthew?
3: <laughs> Michael Flickinger, Scotty Holland, Mike Lydon, James Heimberger. I don't think I...
1: No, those, yep, names, those this... names sound fine.
3: I'm I'm reading off all the VIP I patrons from oh, the oh, past.
2: Oh, from the... <laughs> 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 not true. Um, past, present, and future.
1: After, you, oh. But you. some of them are tired. We still thank them because they're the reason we're here. And I'm definitely not stalling while Dan sorts properly by active get, active get the, the right, right list oh here we go here we go
3: let's start over uh, <laughs> Victor Aragama, Matthew Hoff, Nick Brim, Matt Maynard, Steve Iadarola, Daniel Bryson, Bill Burkle, Malcolm at Bossanova, Justin at Calvary Customs, Christian Tongue, Square Splinter, Michael Flickinger, Scotty Holland, Mike Lydon, Max and Mindy Coons, and Jacob Miller Thank you, everybody oh, who was a VIP patron. Yeah. We appreciate your your help nice and your support. People. Woo! One of these days, we got I through get it. That down. You got through it though, oh, man. And just barely, just barely.
1: <laughs> and with that, with with just I'm sweaty from you reading all the names. I'm sweaty too. Scotty Walsh is here. Uh, it's me. Genuinely, one of my it's my a me, Scotty. Favorite interaction <laughs> at uh, WorkbenchCon this year was chatting with you and suman a uh, john wanted no screw to do him with me. Uh, at you know at the bar workbench gun. you got me inspired uh it was great hearing you talk about what you do and what you're passionate about i have really enjoyed your content over the last uh what has been how many years have you been doing now well actually why don't you just give us give us the elevator spiel who are you who's scotty the walsh and why the are you hell? the national treasure of canada
2: who the hell do you think you are yeah All right. Here's the spiel. Uh, So in 1798, my great grand great great great
1: started a YouTube channel. (laughs) Ever
2: ever ever look ever look for a recipe on the internet? Yeah. (laughs) That's that's the recipe elevator. (laughs) Maximum ad space in my intro. All right. Here we go. So yeah, a few years ago, I. Was uh, studying engineering and then COVID hit and we kind of had I know I I know I don't want to like you know redo the same diatribe but basically what happened was I ended up working from home during a work term for a local gas company and their expectations for me were basically nothing and they didn't keep tabs with me at all so I basically sat at home getting paid to do nothing so I was like you know what I'm gonna make something of this and I started uh, started the YouTube channel. I mean I, look before that, I had been woodworking since I've been a teenager basically. I started woodworking uh, I want to say maybe like fourteen or fifteen. I don't know it was kind of vague when I started, but I have been a drummer since I was a little boy and by the time I was a teenager, I really wanted so to make a little my own drums. Boy? Uh, I was a little drummer boy. Took the
3: joke right out I of my mouth. I
1: saw your lips moving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: you wanted it. You wanted
1: it. I had
3: something else I wanted to say before the drummer boy. So <laughs> instead of getting paid to sit at home and do nothing, you thought, "Yeah, hey, I should do something."
1: Yeah, what is there's wrong with some, you?
3: There's,
2: there's always something to do. Oh, you
3: know, Dan doesn't know. How I to get paid lips. to do nothing.
1: Dan doesn't know. I motivated people. I, I, like- I
2: used. I used to carry my work laptop down into the shop with me just to make sure I wouldn't get like just a Skype case. call <laughs> just in case it never happened. So I, I At the end of my work term. Like I gave back the, the their laptop and it was just full of sawdust for no, <laughs> it, no reason at all. <laughs> They're like, okay, whatever. They didn't care. But yeah. So uh, yeah, I started woodworking as a teenager cause I wanted to make drums and I there back then there was no real guide. The internet was not really helpful in that regard in the early two thousands, mid two thousands.
3: Are you telling me the wood whisperer didn't make a video on how to make drums?
2: No. If he he should I have, I drums. would have been much much farther man. along. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the jazz intro. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, But yeah, back then I kind of experimented with that and I also started making furniture when I was uh, a teenager as well. And then I ended up moving to Toronto on my own to study music and, you know... After that, I kind of started developing my own workshop after flying the coop uh, years before. So slowly, I've been building up a workshop ever since. And I still feel like I'm building a workshop. I'm constantly building a workshop. But I guess that's anybody never ever really end.
3: done building a workshop,
2: though. I am. A- absolutely not. Am, you I'm, are not. You did, you're, you're done. Done. We'll circle back in the mini split because I am I'm pro mini split too. After just installing, I want it. to put a
1: pin
3: in this. We're going to come back a year later and yeah. see how done he is. I'll do anyway. a note. Continue. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, so yeah, I I started again uh, in my 20s, um, building up tools and stuff like that. All my machines are like Kijiji or sorry, uh, like Craigslist finds in Canada. Oh, G- we use G- like, Kijiji. Yeah, it. yeah. What? Canadian, so, Wait, Canadian words. Can you, I know, can you I know.
1: Do you guys not have Craigslist?
2: Uh, there, It exists, but people don't really use it. Um, Kijiji was more popular, but now Facebook Marketplace, I oh think, is the God. most popular. Is this still I available?
1: Is this still available? Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, I think so. Oh, uh, I, I probably have it. used in oh, semi-recent. You guys
1: don't get that down, up there. What? It, no matter what you list, because the quick response anyone can hit, oh, drunk, you know, going through marketplace at 2 a.m. is, hi, comma, is this still available? So you just get flooded yeah. oh, yeah. with those anytime you list it. It's, it's
2: oh, 100. percent That happens on Kijiji too, but like, I think when you're just selling machines, you get a little bit less than that.
1: 2,000, no low bowlers. I know what I've got.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Back
3: off, man. For uh, for reasons I don't want to divulge quite yet,
2: can you spell Kijiji for me? <laughs> K-I-G-I... Sorry, I can't spell it. K-I-J-I-J-I. Okay, I was really yeah. hoping it was J. That's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's right. a, it's a, it, the The GUI looks a lot better than Craigslist, I will say, but that's not a very really hard Ooh, thing to accomplish. I know what that means. Yeah. Graphic the graf- user interface. You nailed it.
3: How did Good I job. know that?
2: Uncle Dan. Oh man, uncle Dan. <laughs> I'm that I'm
3: that weird the uncle that doesn't get invited to Rice. Thanksgiving. Uncle Dan. Right? <laughs> 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 it took me a couple seconds. Uncle Dan. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. Oh no. But oh anyways, man. You're saying, are you buying tools in Kijiji? It's the whitest. Uh, uh, <laughs> just De-
2: derailment? Me. Derailment. Okay. So yeah, I just built up a workshop and by the time I I entered into my second degree in engineering, I had a decent sized shop. I was building things myself, but I've always wanted to make YouTube videos since I learned a lot more woodworking since like getting reintroduced to it through watching YouTube videos like, you know, Mark and everyone else who is kind of on the go around 2010 2012 sort of time frame on YouTube so I was like I could do that so like you know I'm a musician I worked in a recording studios so the whole like media production scene was very familiar to me so I could put two and two together so uh, when it when I had the time from my uh, my my work term that didn't really have me do very much. I was like, you know what? I just grabbed my phone and I needed to make a firewood rack and I just grabbed it and started making a firewood rack and recording what I, um, recording what I was making. I had no plan, no aspirations for a YouTube career, anything like that at the time. I just wanted to film what I was making and throw it up as many people do when they get started on YouTube. So I was following Matt Cremona at the time and I think I just like messaged him slipped into his DMs on Instagram I can't remember how this happened but essentially I just kind of asked him a question about how to YouTube or something like that and somehow he like just,
3: how YouTube how you
2: hi. yeah hi Matt how YouTube yes <laughs> <laughs> so some he answered my question he was very nice and then that was it but then a couple days later he had on his own wherewithal found my video my one video watched it left a comment and then he shouted it out on his live stream and that gave me a little boost and i was like okay. oh this is friggin' that was friggin' sick this is like riding a good wave here so I'm like what's my next video so you know after a while i just kept like producing videos as i could which is not very often but um I was about uh, a year in or so and I met uh, my buddy John Cesaro of Lincoln Street Woodworks and my buddy Simon Sarker I've of Woodcraft of by Simon. Yeah, we've be kind of become the three fans. stooges in the way. Huge yeah. Fans of those. <laughs> oh yeah. So we, we hit it off and essentially we just were able to use each other as a sounding board and learn from each other's prior experiences. Uh, John is just a uh, uh, Bred businessman and a marketing guy. And he just really understands how to figure out what an audience wants. And I've learned so much from him. Suman, he's all right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I love Suman. He's a great sounding board when it comes to anything technical in terms of either like technical production stuff in terms of camera stuff or technical woodworking. He's very proficient woodworker. So he is just a very smart dude and he's basically able to problem solve anything when it comes to basically everything. He's just, he's awesome like that. So the three of us kind of gel together and we've just stayed fast friends since then and basically talk every day about stuff we're working on. Um, Yeah. So that brings us to today. Um, Well, I, I suppose in the past couple of years, my YouTube channel has kind of got a bit more momentum. I posted a video last January about working with construction lumber. That was like my first real, like, what felt like a success. 1.5 and that,
1: million views.
2: Yeah. Like, I was Ooh. stoked. That video kind of did fairly well right off the gate for my channel at the time. I think I had 1,200 subscribers. That's got, according to my math, that's
3: got like 1.48 million more views than most of my videos.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <All
2: right. laughs> yeah. Well, um, YouTube is just a wonderful thing in that like when you get a, a video to take off like that uh like the the YouTube AdSense and everything that goes with it is really drives you to keep continuing to make uh videos that people want to watch. So that's basically been my motivation ever since that video took off is basically just to figure out what people want to watch and what I want to make and where's the happy meeting between them. How and do I, I don't,
3: replicate this and keep everybody happy how do do including this again? yourself?
1: So I can keep Yeah this it's
2: we we can go into it a bit later, but um YouTube is just what I, consumes my mind basically every day, all day. And how can I continue to build a successful business around my YouTube channel so that I could be more sustainable? So yeah, ever since the construction video kind of took off, I've been kind of uh, just diving headfirst into this business of content creation and trying to make it work. So and I guess to cap that off, I graduated with my second degree in engineering and um, and uh I've decided to kind of continue with the YouTube business for now uh until maybe I need to go back to engineering who knows. So
3: that that leads me to my next question. I think you just led yourself into it. Is this what you're sure. doing full time now?
2: Yeah, like I haven't like announced it or anything. Or I haven't made a big deal about it, but essentially I just kind of wanted to take the summer and just see how it goes, which is basically the worst season to do that because people aren't necessarily watching YouTube oh, They're not kept the up inside.
3: They're out watching. and doing things.
2: No, nah, like woodworkers tend to be gardeners or just outdoorsy people in general. Not that I would know anything about that, but they tend to want to be outside not watching YouTube. So the summer is a bit dull, unfortunately, but if I can make it to the summer, then I can make it. I, that's how I feel. So I'm going to can continue pressing on. And yeah, I guess I'm a full time content creator business. So I don't know. Well, I, let me I, say
3: uh, congrats. Congrats. Maybe.
2: Thanks. Maybe? But I mean, like you're living the dream, Scott. I'm, it's not that I'm not committing to it. It's just that like, I'm just feeling it out. Like I'm just having a good time feeling it out. I mean, That's with it. two
3: degrees and you're a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can do anything. Yeah. I'm a drummer. <laughs> the options are endless. Really? I mean, yeah.
2: You know, Jazz. The world is your
3: oyster from what i understand
1: uh, rock funk uh, now <laughs> uh follow up question kind of to the beginning of why you got into this have you ever actually made a drum oh that's a good cool yeah. question oh yeah oh, okay right oh, <laughs> so like, like i want to build a drum and then like you just went on it's like malcolm in the middle like you have a chore but then like you're fixing a car at the end of the day you uh, <laughs> like, you like i want to build a drum you're like i can't do that till i do this till i do this till i do this like well i need to have 100,000 subscribers before I build the drum, because that's when that's gonna be good good for content. <laughs> <laughs> Follow
3: up question, no. is that a video that you've put out? The drum? No.
2: I mean I, I made drums and I was like this would have been, I don't know, eighteen years ago or so, uh, in my teens I, when I was trying to do that. So dare
3: I say future video?
2: I don't know, man. That's that's pretty niche, I'm man. That. Niche that's an that's a niche within a niche. I'm not over it. I would love to make a drum set, but the thing about YouTube is, is that you got to have a target audience right, and right, building right, right. a drum set is basically like two audiences at once. I mean, and the, o- the overlap between them is v- like two, probably five. I'm asking people, you so. to make
3: the video, but I'm going to be honest. I probably wouldn't watch it.
2: Exactly. See, so. I, like, how could I make a title and thumbnail? Like I built a drum set. Yeah, please. watch. It's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> please, please watch it. This please was please. a lot of work. <laughs> I'm,
1: trying, I'm trying to figure out how you can make it work.
2: I, so to go back to the drum thing, when I was a teenager, basically a drum that you would buy from like, a, you know, Ludwig or Pearl or whatever, yeah, yeah. they're a plywood cylinder. Now, there's other ways you can make drums at home with like using stave construction that people would make a barrel out of. But mm-hmm. uh, an actual drum that you would buy from a manufacturer is a plywood cylinder. And it's surprisingly difficult to get a plywood cylinder to be like accurate within like a 30 seconds of an inch in diameter. So it's not like egg shaped. And it's also really difficult at home to get the amount of pressure it takes to bond raw veneer together without any gaps or bubbles into a cylinder. Mm -hmm. Because like when you go a really tight diameter, it kind of takes a lot of force. And yeah, so basically as a teenager, I'd like work my like part time retail job. And then I would spend all that in like glue and veneer and plywood to make molds out of it and try and press plywood cylinders out of these molds. And I probably wasted like a grand or more of my hard earned minimum wage money (laughs) trying to make this work. And eventually I think after the 10th iteration or more, I was mildly successful. And I sold my first drum to a guy who owns a recording studio back home. And I hope, I really hope that he's still using it because that would actually make me feel really good because I wouldn't actually use it right now. <laughs> and I do, and I did make a second one, and that's in storage. I don't use it, but uh, that that kind of was the end of the road for that. But I would love to eventually to get back to making drums, but it's just not marketable on YouTube. It's not it's not like I'm going to go into business selling drums. It's just uh, it was a pet project that's insanely expensive for what you get. Well, it sounds
3: to me like you just talked yourself into a reason to have a CNC. Yes. which from
1: what uh, I understand,
3: you don't have one yet.
0: I don't, I but and and I,
1: honestly, what you really need to do is is really work it into like something very woodworking niche, and just be like, uh, five instruments you can build with a pocket hole jig, and like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <you're>, like <laughs> that would be
1: awesome. <laughs> just, just really Here's I a pocket hole acoustic guitar. <laughs> See, it, you know. <laughs> oh, I, I love I, that. I, Right. They'd be down. Just like I could, I could pitch that to cylinder, them. And at the end, you join it with pocket holes. That's the same. It's like, a, like, a, like, almost like a, a, when you put uh, on, on leather work when you get those little brass inserts or whatever to like, like the brads yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like, the but instead of yeah. those, it's just like a line of pocket holes. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Craig, come on. I mean, we
4: well, can, you heard it
2: here first. Yeah. Oh, with, with some nice plugs that come stock from Craig too, it's like, mm.
1: it's, it's like make one of the instruments is just maracas, but they're just filled with Craig screws. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Let's do this. Oh. <laughs> uh, right. oh man. Well, that's awesome, dude. Like you. Man, I remember like watching one of your, this is one of more recent videos. It was one of the joinery videos, I think. And Yeah. And you just like, you said something right in the beginning of the video and I forget, like I can't remember. That just pissed me right off. No, it was something that like, <laughs> so here's the thing. we When we get to, get to question a lot, obviously uh, all of our listeners are makers or woodworkers of some kind. and A lot of them are trying to get into content, which you don't necessarily have to do. You can just enjoy it and do it for fun. But a lot of us feel like we need to get into content. A lot of us also feel like we need to fall into a, a label. Like I am a woodworker. I'm a furniture maker. I'm mm. a, uh, a penist, Whatever. Oh, what? Watch yeah, your mouth. Oh, I know what a you're talking about. family show, Pete. Calm down. <laughs> Since when? <laughs> but, Sometimes. You know, it took me a very long time to finally just be like, wait, no, no, no. Like, I like making all things. Like, I'm just a maker. Like, I'm not... Le- I love furniture making, woodworking, all that stuff. But I also like just computers and robots and weird stuff. And like, I, I just make with everything. And then you yeah. also said something in one of your videos where you just like, I used to feel bad that I don't do commissions. Like, I felt like that was the thing to do. Like, you have to take on commissions. And you said in one of your videos so eloquently that like... I do this, and I, I don't know if you, it was for a Patreon or whatever it was. I don't remember what the statement exactly was, but it was how it made me feel of like, uh, I don't I don't take on commissions. I do this full time because I enjoy it. And this is like, you know, you, the way you put it, it was very eloquently, way better than what I'm saying right now. But I remember watching that and going like, I don't even care what this video is about. This is awesome. I just feel good about yeah. myself right now, just the way he made himself, presented himself about the way you're making the content. It was really nice.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, thanks. Um, So here's the thing. Um, Woodworking has always been a hobby for me. Now, content creation is my business, and that's how I make money. So uh, it could be easy for me to say this, but I firmly believe that a hobby should be a hobby and that you should not try and make a side hustle out of it unless you, I don't know, unless you really want to and you you could see the joy in it even when it's stressing you out. But if you're... It's just, everything changes when you try and make money out of something. Everything changes. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're into leather making, if you're just an all around maker, if you are into fine furniture, commission work or whatever, at the moment that money and customers and clients get into it, it changes the perception of it because you're trying to please someone else. And now it's no longer a hobby for you. It's work for someone else. So where I target my content towards is firmly towards home hobbyist woodworkers. And I do outright say that in a lot of my videos because I want to make sure that people realize who I'm targeting because, no, you're never going to see a CNC machine in my videos because unless you're a nerd like me, it's it's not really justifiable in that context for someone who wants to get into woodworking or get into anything really. So, and, and like, I guess going back to what you said about like labels and th- that's something I struggle with too, because one minute I'm a, I'm a fine furniture maker and one minute I'm playing with an Arduino. And in the case of what's on my bench, I am doing both. <laughs> <laughs> that's foreshadowing for you. you um, I do listen. I'm, my yeah. heart is so
3: warmed right now,
2: but I, um, I just do whatever I want to do. And because it's a hobby, I don't feel like I have to be anything else. So I don't know. That's just my recommendation to people out there. Like this whole side hustle culture that has brewed out of Instagram or wherever it's brewed out of just irks me to no end because just because you're passionate about a hobby does not mean you have to take it to a business level. And in fact, it's probably better you don't. Because if you just like your regular everyday job and you're satisfied with that, then you're going to go home and love your hobby. But if you're trying to get out of a situation, a career that you don't want to and make a business out of something, then, yeah, maybe that's justified. I I think
3: you're I I think you're so much. Yeah, I was going to say, I Mm -hmm. think you're speaking Pete's language over there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel that one in my It's, it's tough. It's tough. Because <laughs> no, I, I mean, that's what woodworking for me was like a hobby that was like, oh, this is making money, and then I monetized it and it was content and the content was around it and I became a job and I, I hated it for a while. I just like wasn't really making content. Like there was a time when I started this in like 2018. There was a year I basically took off. I posted like 20 times in a year. It was I left a, when we were in like an engagement group. I like left the group. Just felt stressed and it wasn't fun. And then eventually, like when 3D printing started bringing in. And I was like, oh, maybe I don't have to do commissions anymore to like support the hobby because it was never like about starting a business. It was like, oh, let me make enough money so I can like buy decent plywood at Home Depot, you know, for $50 yeah. a sheet, not 80 or 150 or whatever it is. <clears throat> um, but like <laughs> the it, good old days, it was nice to like have another part of the business. And then I was able to reclaim woodworking kind of for myself. And now it's become that like, okay, content's going to be the business part of it. The woodworking's fun, so I can like, yeah, I'm making for that. But like, it feels different now. It doesn't feel like it's a, yeah. a, the woodworking is the job. The shop feels like a sanctuary again, not a place yeah. I have to go to work.
3: Not a prison. Now that's
1: that. Yeah. That's not to say that those who are listening
2: that if they have a hobby that they feel like they should start posting content about it. You should only post content about your hobby if you really feel like doing it and you at, really for want a to.
1: If you're looking to engage Yeah, in community.
2: if you're looking for a community, but like if you just want to post content for the sake of sharing what you're doing, that's great. And you and if you want to do that, but just don't feel like you need to do that. You no one no one's got a gun to your head. But yeah, finding friends, finding a community of like minded people. Oh, it's just amazing. think if you're just like posting I,
3: stuff for fun, the community is gonna yeah it's gonna come. You'll find your community. Yeah, great. yeah. The community will the, find you.
2: Yeah. The trick is that when you turn content creation into a business, now posting content and what the projects your content is about, well, the, the business is going to start dictating yep. uh, your your content and therefore your projects. So that's the position I'm in now, and I accept that, but it's definitely not for anyone, everyone and don't feel like you have to get it down that right road. Up.
1: Well, um, yeah. you kind of started talking about um, what's on a bench. So why don't we jump into what's on a bench?
2: Oh, yeah. What's
1: on my bench?
3: I was gonna. I was gonna say let's have Scotty sing it because he did a wonderful. Scotty, job, can but you? That's fine. Can you do your
1: no, Scotty. Can you do? Give, give us a one, uh, three, one, three?
2: Yeah. Wait, can I? Can I get an A? Can I get an oh, a? No, 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 no. Oh yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. What's on my bench? Ooh,
1: All it. right. Oh man. That's very nice. Got to
2: clip
1: yeah. I think we're gonna
2: keep
3: the
1: so old. Scotty, one was... what's on your bench? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh. Okay. Wow. Thanks for asking. Um. So I haven't built a piece of like furniture in a while. Uh, cause a lot of my content is geared more towards shop projects because that tends to sell well. But uh I'm like finally I, I want to build a new coffee table for myself and th- I'm doing it. I'm doing it now. So I'm building a coffee table. Uh last fall I went down to visit my friend Suman and he has a wood hoarding problem. So I went home with a bunch of white oak. I'm sorry, Suman who who I don't is that some the, guy. Like, I don't wood know. he stores
1: in a basement that he hides from his shop so that it doesn't clutter up the background. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so he he has his wood in his shop and then he has his wood in his basement and I don't I know think which he is worse. That but last it's a week. Like briefly. Oh, it's hilarious! It I went down his basement
1: and I, always, I just keep poking fun at him for it. Like, you hiding? Oh, the there's a
2: lot of wood. In it. There's <laughs> a lot of wood in his basement too. It's nuts. I don't know how he gets I mean, away I with talk. it.
1: I'm to talk. I have all my wood is in a shed. I have like three boards in the shop.
2: So, oh, he's got like a stack of walnut there, a stack of maple there, a whole stack of like Paduke or something crazy like that. Like, it's, it's, he, he's a nut. But anyway, luckily for me, uh, he has a bunch of white oak and he doesn't like it apparently. What? I'm not sure why. I knew yeah, I didn't like, like, like that guy.
1: He follows Sean Kirsch. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> oh my,
2: exactly. The worst. So, I came home with a slab of white oak, which is not like big enough for a desktop or a, t- or a dining table, but it is, was big enough for a coffee table. And uh, I almost had enough white Oak. Yeah. I just, I had to go grab a few extra boards from the lumber yard, but uh, anyway, so I'm building a coffee table and I'm really liking the fact that I'm slowing down. I took my time with the design. I think I came up with something kind of unique, but at the same time, it's a very just simple, like four leg aprons sort of table. Uh, I just played uh, played around with curves a lot in SketchUp, and I got some nice flowy lines. So I'm like super. I'm, nice. I'm digging so what I got expect going on. A hundred <clears> percent. <throat> yeah. I did see your everything's design. a video. I like the. the yeah. So the the so the top. Um, there, I've had this idea bouncing on the back of my head for a long time. So basically, when I sit down and watch TV, I 100% always will put my feet up on the coffee table like an ottoman. But it's not comfortable because it's a coffee table. So I'm like, well, should I just buy an ottoman? Because that's kind of what I... But no, I still use my coffee table to lay stuff on. You could get one of those trays that go on top of an ottoman. That just looks like shit. I don't care. So <laughs> then I'm like, so like what's really popular on YouTube? Oh, flip-top tool carts. Everyone loves a flip-top tool carts. Flip-top so why not table. make a flip-top coffee table <laughs> and...
4: <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: so the so that the top is like a regular coffee table and you and you flip it over and it's going to be an upholstered ottoman and i'm going to have to learn how to use a sewing machine because the size is completely custom i am absolutely stealing this idea I
1: like
2: it well just wait it gets There's better so because i'm a huge nerd and i studied this sort of thing uh i wanted to motorize it so basically Motorized. Oh, I have it back there actually the prototype. <laughs> motor Red Yeah 38 exactly. special? Anybody? Sister Christian. Oh was oh, yeah. that Sister Christian? Oh my god, I just no, well the, the I'm so, quit uh, now. it's That's um. A... Oh, we're just naming people. No Sister, Sister Christian is the song that the group is oh, escaping me now.
3: Thirty eight special did motor in.
2: I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I continue. feel like they're Australia I feel like they're Australian, I can't remember. Well, yeah. So uh, there's a drive motor that's going to flip the whole top. There's an actuator that locks it in place and you push oh. a but you push a button, which is going to be hidden underneath the wood. So it's actually a capacitive touch sensor. So you basically just touch a spot in the apron that's not even marked, but you touch it and it'll unlock, flip itself, lock itself back in place. I am
3: so like excited right now.
2: So everything works <laughs> in theory right now. But it's not fully together. Basically, I'm almost ready to kind of do a finish prep and glue the base together.
1: I'm just gonna put a not note here. It's just like an asterisk, like C intro, mad scientist. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Look, amazing. I
2: amazing love idea. I love I love playing around with Arduinos. Like it's so fun what you can do, and you're only limited by a harebrained idea, basically. Like and there's so many options. By. I, that. I am not th- I am not that good of a coder I mean yeah I had to study a bit of it but it's very rudimentary like if you know what a for loop is and you know what an if statement is it's more about <laughs> the logic behind it It's not really oh, about the coding Dan's, skills because
1: over sorry Dan's yeah
2: I, I, I am not a good coder and so if like you can just follow a couple of tutorials about how to code an Arduino I, I fully believe that anyone could do it if they want Honestly, to It's well, really the reason not that we bad We
1: recommend like onefinitys like hey it's got the biggest community. If you run into an issue, 30 other people had that issue and three of them made a video about it. Like you're going to, yeah. you know, so with Arduinos, it's the same thing. You're going to like, you're going to figure it out.
2: And like Arduinos are just so simple that like in comparison to something like a Raspberry Pi, which is also fairly simple or one of the ESP 32s, which are popular now, those are a bit more complicated. So, like an Arduino could do anything a maker could throw at it. Basically, you don't need more speed. You don't need anything. (laughs) Arduino could handle it.
1: Right on.
2: So anyway, so I am pumped. I am pumped.
1: Yeah, I want to see my
2: project. This sounds amazing. Yeah. So I've been posting about it in my stories a little bit, but I've been kind of uh, a little bit cryptic about uh, the final results so far. But uh, yeah, um, but on the flip side of it, I've been really enjoying slowing down and and just yeah, I really, I, no, I didn't intend that at all. Damn Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying slowing down, focusing <clears throat> on actual woodworking skills besides the electronic stuff. I had the, the MVP tool of the whole project has been my spokeshave. I, I have not used my spoke shave that much, and I love this. It movie. is you don't hear people say
3: that very often. I love. It. MVP oh man, the tool is the spoke shave.
2: I, I never thought I would ever say that, but man, all the curves and the legs and the aprons were all done with a spoke shave. Really? Like it's yeah. I mean, rough, rough yeah. cut on the bandsaw and spoke shave down to a line. One of my like, favorite tools, boom.
1: hands down, because I think straight it's, lines and right angles. But then some, I'll just take a couple passes of spoke shave, and sometimes the way how deep you go in some spots you know what that's the curve now because I couldn't I couldn't draw that hundo p yeah,
2: yeah. I mean it's it's awesome um, And just going back to uh, CNC talk too, it's like, I don't own a CNC, I don't own a shape right. The only technology making thing I do own is a 3D printer, which I only just got. So this table has a ton of curves on it and I, I don't tend to rely on template routing that much, but there was a few specific places where I needed to template route something on this build. So I actually 3D printed templates <laughs> and it kind of it works. It's not bad, although they're... They're kind of fragile if you don't take them off very gently because you can snap them pretty easy. I learned that one the hard way. Uh-oh.
3: <laughs> it was the, a moment. The, I'm going to be honest. This project sounds amazing. I can't wait to watch uh, the video. It's it, Yeah. My mind is just blown simply just hearing about it. So the, the video
1: should you, be so amazing. I want to see that.
2: Usually, when it comes to videos, I do a lot more pre-pro. Like I write a script because most of my videos are talking heads, so I usually write a script. I, I film my videos with a teleprompter to make the filming process faster. He said, and that's process. been my. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Dan. <laughs> sorry. Mm, say more stuff like that. <laughs> uh, talk about it. So, anyway. About it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where was I? Um... Oh, yeah, but this time I am basically flying by the seat of my pants. I have a rough outline, Mm -hmm. and I am talking to the camera here and there, but I am dead focused on the build, which I don't normally do. So it's kind of freaking me out about the video right now, but I do plan on voicing it over after. So we're just going to see how it turns out because I have no idea.
3: Stay tuned, everybody. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Dan, what do you got going on this week? Oh, you want me to talk now? You want me to follow that?
1: I mean, you, I'm not building a more crazy robot
3: coffee table but you know, you know me. Beep boop. boop. So <laughs> I do have robots but nothing that works <clears throat> like that. Um so this week has been really awesome. Uh I've talked in the in the past about how my Etsy store is slowing down. I don't make money on content. I make money on my Etsy store. So that is the lifeblood of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks currently. It could change a year from now. It, may, it might be something different. But currently, Etsy's paying the bills, putting food on the table and everything. Um, so I ran a sale for July 4th. That is American Independence Day, Scott. I don't know if you
2: knew that. Oh, it's like, that's what that big deal is. Yeah. It's like that's your July 2nd you s- you. or whatever. Your country's birthday is four days after my country's birthday. Yeah, something
3: like that. I know it's close. But, anyways, I did a July Fourth sell for Etsy, and it went absolutely bonkers. Awesome! I did 108 sales in three days or four days, and that's probably the best sell I've ever done. Uh, If you're new here, I I chance I do six. I do a lot of zero clearance inserts for different miter saws and saw stops and or table saws and whatnot. Um, And one of the things that helped me out a lot. Was, uh, John Cicero. Uh, I think oh, yeah. Scott knows He, he
2: gave you a shout out in his last video. Yeah,
3: he, he reached out and he asked me if I made a, a ZCI for his miter saw. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. He goes, I want to buy one. I'm like, absolutely not. I will send you a couple. And if you would be so kind to give me a little shout out in your video. And he did. He gave me five seconds at the very end of his video and that alone probably gave me twenty to twenty-five sales just from that. Right so on, man! That's a awesome. huge, huge shout out to John. You are appreciated, my friend. Uh, I really appreciate. it. I think you it. can
1: so actually see exactly how many sales came from YouTube or other whatever. In I can.
3: See. I, I mean, I gave him a, a code so I can see. Who oh, you guys actually the code. see oh, even better. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 been bonkers over here. And, you know, and aside from ZCIs, I actually sold, like, three or four more tables. I sold one of my slide tables, which is just the finger joint table that slides into <clears throat> a couch. And then I did three of those narrow tables that I've been trying to sell. So, that's nice. Good. Uh, aside from that, life-wise, we are going to Kansas City tomorrow. We're just going to drive down there with a the camper. We're going to stay... The weekend at a campground because, like I mentioned last week, my wife and daughter scored tickets to the Taylor Swift concert down there. You scored
1: the tickets. They got to reap the benefits.
3: Right. It was all all me. Really, Mm. it was. (laughs) However, because it's such such like a a big show, there's nowhere to stay down there. There's no hotels available. So we're just going to haul the camper down there. My son and I are going to camp. They're going to go to the show. And that should work out smoothly. I don't know. We'll see. Uh I'm not looking forward to dropping my wife and daughter off in front of that uh stadium. I think that's going to be a madhouse, but
2: Well, just don't be an anti-hero, Daniel. <laughs> I hate you so much right now, Scott.
3: <laughs> Zing.
2: Nice.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this, I've heard so much Taylor Swift music in the last couple weeks, I want to jump off a bridge. Anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> much. Taylor Swift is the
3: queen of I don't know what or something. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that, that's that been my week. It hasn't been that exciting, but it's been it's been good. <clears throat> so, Pete, what about you?
1: Hello, I am Peter. My week has been kind of chill. So it was the the 4th of July, the Independence Day, uh, the one true Independence Day in the world. Um, and <laughs> it rained constantly here. Like if anyone's here in the, in the Northeast. You know, oh yeah. It
3: rained here too. On
1: or not. Like oh, it's just been darn. constant on and off rain and humidity for the last week. But we scheduled our, um, our barbecue for like Sunday loosely for the second. And because it was going to rain, we kind of like, can't like people canceled. We just, we're still going to have it. Ended up being like eight of us. I made the best ribs I've ever made on a smoker. They're so freaking good. And Ooh. We just like hung out with family and it was, it was great. And I hung out with our neighbors. My neighbors got like a full bar in his basement. So it was pretty fun. Dan, what do you got? You got something else there? That
3: reminds me. Yeah, you because do? of my good sales on Etsy, my wife has said that I can buy a new pellet smoker <sighs> slash grill. What are you so, getting? I don't know yet, but oh, it's going
1: to be. I, nice. got you. I yeah. can't wait. You I, actually, I like. I'm so I'm a
3: Weber guy. I like my Weber kettle and the charcoal and everything. I don't ever use gas. But I'm actually looking forward to using like an electric like
2: pellet grill great uh jason bent got a new grill he was showing on his instagram and man that thing looks great and i can't for the life of me remember what it was called but it looks like a piece of gear
3: well i don't make jason mm-hmm. bent money so it's gonna be from menards i'll tell you that much
1: well, <laughs> listen i was all like wood and charcoal uh before this and then i finally broke down i was like i don't have the time to sit there by a fire and stoke it to right temperature i remember yeah got the, the first smoking. time
3: uh our old co host and I came out to your house. You made us ribs in your old Bruh. your old like uh, what, what is that like a drum smoker yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, but still
1: good. Th- but that was good. It, that yeah, was, was good. Very good. But it was like it was a lot good. of work. We had to keep babysitting it. And if it gets too hot, you got to spray it with water. It's super weird. It's just like Yeah. Science. Yeah.
3: Um, like, like a like a bad cat. Get
1: out. Get out! Go, go go get. Out! <laughs> so it's, just, it's way better. But anyway, pelt smokers are great. Side-by-side smokers are awesome, but um, who has the time? You know. Nobody's got. Um, Aside from that, I got, I got something in the mail last week that I, I haven't gotten to like really played around with, but I want to work on this in the next couple of weeks is, um, I got the, uh, the templates from Jackman, Jackman works, Paul, Paul Jackman. Um, I don't know why I said that. Like he's like James Bond, <laughs> Jackman, Paul Jackman. <laughs> so I got the, uh, the Adirondack chair plans. I'm super stoked for it. Cause I've been wanting to build chairs for a long time. And then I'm like, why am I going to reinvent the wheel? Like, this has been done a thousand times before. I just want to make ones of my own. Um, I reached out to Jackman about getting the um, the digital plans because he's running a sale, and he was like, "Oh, I'll just I'll send you the actual templates." And he was nice enough. He ended his sale, but he actually gave me a code that we can use, and I'm going to shout it out because uh, if you want to get the Adirondack chair uh, plans, digital plans, or the actual templates, you can still get the discount. And the offer code is, and I'm not kidding. It's shop sounds. Of <laughs> <laughs> this guy, he said it, and i was like, I'm not even mad. He's really I treating you right. Nothing else from you. <laughs> it is shop sounds, which don't Google that. Don't. It's not a thing. It's just no, no. Yeah, yeah, no one knows what up. that is. But uh, yeah, offer code is shop sounds. You want to get some Jackman stuff so i love him hate good. him so much i love hate him so much i'm actually gonna see him in about a month we're going um up to maine and we're gonna stop by his place in boston and then go up the whole coast we're, we actually might be hanging out with some total boat people that's gonna be exciting Ooh. so we're actually mm. we're in the planning stages of that that's that's exciting we're doing our sa- uh, yearly sailing trip where we pretend like we're rich uh it's super fun <laughs> to pretend um but yeah aside from that just been working a lot with uh with emma we've had some Really nice brand deals come come through and we're trying to work those out. It's more of like items, like item for content. Not so much the, um, you know, the money type yet, but still good stuff. And uh, most of it got to get your feet wet. But here's the thing. Most of this stuff was yielded from uh, Emma being involved and taking, handling the reaching out and and responding and and staying on top of it. So huge shout out to her for all that. Um, Aside from that, the biggest thing for the shop and i forget if we talked about this in the pre-show or no earlier in uh in the in scotty's uh who the heck do you think you are my shop is done my my shop layout
3: (laughs) i still don't believe this
1: because the forever no not forever but like but this mini split is in (laughs) it is hooked up it is running it is so cool in a shop when i run that thing It, it cools the shop down 10 degrees in like 20 minutes it's awesome so, and they're quiet. Oh, so quiet. Like, I could not believe how quiet this is. I, me
2: too. And it makes, I, I thought I was going to have to turn it off for filming, but no. I don't. It's that oh, my quiet. You're Why that are they quiet my huh? ceiling, oh, ceiling quiet. Oh, yeah.
1: It's crazy. I'm, yeah. I'm actually like absolutely blown away. And I can't even wait to test this out in the winter hmm. because this is going to, like, it's a 24,000 BTU unit. So it's a big unit, um, size just a hair over what well, I need for my shop. How big is your shop? It's a, uh, Four hundred and sixty square feet. The twenty-four thousand is six hundred and up. The reason I upsized it is because it's a garage, so it's not as well insulated as everything else. I right, let's go up a lot higher, taller ceilings. And I'm glad I did because even though my shop is insulated, it's still like that one door that's not even when it's closed. That side of the shop literally radiates heat if this because the sun's yeah. beaming right at that door. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and again, I'm not done like getting tools and stuff from my shop, but the thing is that was the final piece of the puzzle. I've been building a shop for uh, actually as of, or in about a couple minutes, it is going to be exactly two years that we've lived in this place. And, uh, cause it's on a seventh, we moved in and like the shop is really done. This is my dream shop. I'm building it out, getting everything set up. I got the miter station, the lever rack, the, the islands, the CNC laser and all the tools that I need. Every upgrade from here on is just an upgrade on a tool I already have. I don't see yeah. a tool that I'm like, oh, you know, I like really need that. I don't have one. Like I have most of the tools or pretty <clears> much <throat> all the tools I need. It's all just going to be upgrades now. So
3: so right now you're saying you're content with everything.
1: Yeah. Now, granted, that being said, we're actively trying to figure out and working out the plan for uh, breaking ground on the shop. The shop, the pole barn. Oh,
3: so, so anyways, but
1: that's up within the next. Your shop is done, or so. but you're gonna this, build a this, new this one. Shop is done, so legally I'm, <laughs> I'm correct. Technically I'm correct which is the best type of place. legally. I don't know, where are at a contractor. Pete, <laughs> you can't sue me for saying wrong things later.
3: You know, oh
2: yes, I can.
3: You can't uh, stop. The thing is, like, really, my shop, like,
1: having a climate-controlled shop is really like, I don't care what tools you have, whatever. But like, if you can be out there comfortably. Any time of the year, it is an absolute, just bonkers game changer. Um,
2: I had no idea how much I would enjoy the mini split. Uh, like oh, even you guys are talking at, me into like, this thing, it, it's just absolutely—it's my favorite thing in the shop. Out of all my tools and everything, the mini split is just friggin' amazing. Yeah. And yeah. I like you. I instantly. When I moved into my shop, I insulated the whole place. So the insulation is really good except for the garage door, which I'm oh, still kind no, of half it. thinking. I was thinking about adding some insulation. I'll get around to it in a couple of years maybe. <laughs> but uh yeah, I only got a 9000 BTU unit. Uh I installed mm-hmm. it all myself. It took me a day to install. Like it really is not a big deal to install one of these
3: yourself. The you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Or
1: 240 unit. 240. 240. Okay.
3: So here's my I th- here's my problem. It's not that I don't want one. It's not that I don't have the need for one. It's that I love 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 my dog. And he comes yeah. out of the shop with me and I leave the doors open, the garage door's open all the time. So it would make no sense to have a mini split when I got the doors open constantly.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I like totally I see your point and for me I don't need the AC as much, although the past although few the days I here. have. Yeah, the heat is great. I it's, am excited
1: uh, to try that out. That's one part. I haven't
2: I haven't noticed my electricity bill go up at all since I um, installed Apparently it, and I don't turn it, is it off.
1: Significantly more energy. What? But whatever. Either way,
2: I. But I installed it in like the end of February, and my March bill. The temperature hadn't changed in March, and like I didn't notice. Oh, the did bill you actually run the heat all. already?
1: Oh Oh, yeah, 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 awesome.
2: Yeah, I do have a small shop and it's fairly well insulated, like I said. He
1: runs the heat all the time.
2: (laughs) I'm more south than you, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) That could be
1: accurate. Listen, and you have the you have the pioneer pioneer unit as well, right?
2: Uh, Senville, but man, they're probably all from the same factory. Like, yeah, yeah. But the like, I if anyone's thinking about doing it, but they don't know if they have the skills to install it. If you've like. Change the oil in your car, or like done anything like just done some basic at home wiring. You definitely have the skills to install it. Just read read the manual. Read it twice. Read it three times. You have to read the manual to understand how to install because there's a there's a lot of steps. I feel like I'm being attacked
3: right now. Okay. (laughs)
2: <laughs> this is not This is not a manual you want to no, throw No, I don't away. know how to read. It's one so. you got to
1: follow. See, that's a, all right, ah. So the one thing I ran into that wasn't really a major issue, but it was something that gave me more trouble than I was expecting, was evacuating the lines. Because this is not a pre-charged line unit, which means the lines are yeah. empty. The unit is pre-charged in, somewhere. in the actual <laughs> condenser where you release the Freon and stuff. But you need to make sure you have a hard seal. So you have to have someone ev- uh, vacuum out the lines, and then when they turn off the... Basically, all you all you do is you hook it up to the system. They drop uh, it's a 30, uh, 30 inches per pound, whatever. It's like inches said, of mercury. Yeah, thank you. It just you dro- drops your vacuum, uh, meaning like negative pressure. And if you turn off the machine, the vacuum, and it stays at that, you you're good. You have a vacuum. You don't have any leaks. I kept we kept getting leaks, and it turned out that one of the uh, connections to the actual condenser. Even though it was cranked, it could have been cranked like an extra like half a turn. The second we did that, the the pressure like dropped to the final, like the max. Yeah. And it stayed. And we're like, oh wow, that actually made a difference. Cause it's like a flare of <coughs> copper that needs to be form fitted to the fitting and that's how yeah. you seal it. So once you actually, that, it helps
2: to wiggle it as you tighten it. Oh, really? oh, i I I found that when you wiggle the line a little bit and keep tightening it, you can kind of feel it like, uh, find its position because but because it, it's kind of a taper. Here's the
1: issue that I ran into, and huge huge shout out to uh, AJ from Crafted in NJ, uh, one of my good buddies, longest friends here uh, from the community locally. He's an HVAC guy for tractor trailers, so mini splits for trucks mm. basically. He was the only, I got, I called him like, hey, wait, can you do this? And he's like, yeah, no problem. I'm like, I'd rather pay you than someone else. I was ready to buy the unit and whatever, the vacuum pump, because I called multiple places and if I didn't get a straight up, like, <laughs> no, we didn't install that, we're not touching it, uh, to like, just like semi-rude responses and other ones where I'm still waiting for the call back to come out to get a quote from a place that like hasn't called me. It's been over a week. So like, I basically got the, too too small of a job. Most of them were just straight up like, well, whoever installed it should be able to do that for you. I was like, well, I installed it because I know what I'm doing. And I have an electrician here running of the, of the stuff. And, um, we just don't have a vacuum pump. I'm sorry if I've offended you for calling. (laughs) Like all of (laughs) this, I was like inconveniencing these people. I'm like, is this the state of the service industry? that you're i'm basically well, from the, i i would people. say
2: from their point of view like from their point of view it it is unfortunately an inconvenience because it's such a small job it's not worth the gas for them to drive out to your I, place like
1: I'm willing to pay I mean I know a service call is usually 150 or 100 bucks or 200 depending on who you're talking with so like I like I know what i'm I know what I'm asking and i'm gonna pay you for the hour or whatever to come out to, to just talk to me and whatever like I'm willing to pay I just want to get this hooked up like these guys were just not about it. I'm like, all right, you know what? Thanks again. If they call me at some point, I'll be like, "You got you guys." You, I'm gonna be honest yeah. with you. Like, I just felt like I was inconvenienced. No, you things. screwed
3: up, and I have a yeah. hundred thousand followers
2: on Instagram, and yeah.
1: I'm gonna do you know, take you down. that will show them. Do you know how the FIM? <laughs>
2: I I went through a similar thing when I did my workshop rental. I didn't want to renovate my workshop at all. I wanted to pay someone to come put up the studs and the strapping and insulation, the drywall and the mud. I wanted someone else to do it because I didn't have the time and i got two contractors in for two different quotes and they both gave me some astronomical price that i was like no friggin way cuz to them it was too small of a job they want to do a whole condominium building rather than you were getting like, what we guys lovingly workshop. call
3: around here the fu, FU
2: price. price 100% yeah. yeah so i had to i had to like succumb and do the reno myself which i didn't want to do yeah so yeah, that, for you well, F- it's, it's done like, now for
1: you like fyp for you pay... For you, page. Yeah. For you, price. For you, my friend, is is ten thousand dollars.
2: No, they they. My lowest coat was sixteen thousand yeah. dollars. What? I mean, tradespeople in Toronto are so in demand. Like, really? they probably oh wouldn't God. have I even gotten to oh, start. I
1: seen it in person, but like shops not yeah. that big.
2: Oh, it's a small single car garage. It's, it's like a not a big single car, car garage. garage. Let's be real. Yeah, you could squeeze a car in there if there was no like you garden to stay tools in, car in there. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's it's still tiny, but uh, yeah. I mean, I ended up spending I don't know six thousand dollars of materials and including the mini split. and I did it myself.
1: boy. Damn. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, sorry, that was a long. What's on a bench? But oh
2: yeah, yeah, it's a good one.
1: Let's uh, let's get into questions, and uh, I got good feedback on playing this one for the questions. Go, oh, Black Betty! Rim, rim. We used to play that for reviews, but you know what? It just feels right for questions. So, Black Betty going wild! <laughs> <laughs> so, why don't we start with Yosef. Uh, uh, second time, long time.
5: Hey, guys. This is Yosef calling again. You guys might remember me as the guy who shamelessly plugged himself last week into the question. So, this week, my question is for Scott. Scott, the first time I saw your channel my first impression was hey this is a fellow canadian who somehow managed to fit industrial sized machinery into his world war ii bunker size basement shop which is really impressive (laughs) so i have two questions for you the first question is how do you prioritize which tool to buy given your space limitation and also you need space for the project on top of space for the tools. And then number two is what is your recommendation or experience on hauling used tools from the cellar all the way to your basement shop? Because it's really impressive. I, I just mm-hmm. want to know how you did it. Thank you. Great question. Scotty. Scotty, oh. for you.
1: How dare you have... So the f- a 16 inch player before you before you formation. answer, I
3: have a I have an, I have a question though.
1: Oh, is a pre question
3: question. Is there a difference between a World War II bunker and a World War I
2: bunker? Yeah, One bunker? Yeah, I other? guess it can withstand withstand nukes. Yeah,
1: the, the second one has to be nukes. <laughs> First one just like keep people that you know That's have fair. a gun. All right, this got <laughs> dark. All right,
3: continue. <laughs> it's
1: got dark. Okay
2: so you you need to start with a bayonet no i'm just kidding um
1: (laughs) so how do you prioritize yeah uh,
2: yeah it's a it's a it's a tough question and there's unfortunately i don't think there's a real right answer to this one but i like the the simple my dumb answer is just like what are you lacking in your shop now, in terms, it's really about what you build, but in general, in terms of woodworking, there's kind of like the five cornerstones of the woodworking shop, which is going to be A, your table saw, B, your planer, C, your joiner, D, your bandsaw, and maybe a drill press. And I guess a router table is kind of in there too. But like, I would still say start with the table saw, it's going to get you most, uh, <laughs> the most bang for your buck, you can do a lot of things on it. The, the bandsaw for me is a kind of an asterisk because some people don't use a bandsaw at all. And then some people use a bandsaw a lot. And I am a person who uses a bandsaw a lot. And it's it's I think it's particular for people maybe who use a lot more hand tools or who are doing a lot maybe of pattern routing or something like that. Um, but yeah, it really depends on your project. Mm-hmm. And it's just really you just have to ask yourself, what are you missing and what's going to fill, fill the void. And yeah, once you're past the jet, like the five main machines, uh, you know, it's just your, like the, all the pan, hand tool, power tool sort of thing. Like, I don't know. I, I don't really have a good answer for this question. Well, Does anyone I, else? I,
1: I kind of have a up Cause like, you know, if you're really looking at it as like, all right, I don't have a lot of space. Um, and like, I need these core tools. Because we all have these four yeah. tools. Which, by the way, I mean, to be fully transparent, Dan and I, for the longest time, were like, joiners? <laughs> Those are cowards. You know, oh, like, no. And then we <laughs> got them, and we're like, how did we ever do this before? But, like, it... it and I, I mean this in the nicest way, but it really appears like you chose wrong to go with a 16-inch planer and that giant tugboat of a joiner you got. Like... What do you mean? What's wrong with for that? A tiny shop. Like, did you really oh. need it for the small shop? Like prioritizing no. space. And I, mean that, I with, mean that. like, in the nicest way. Like, wow. Oh, was I, I get space? it. Was it just like you know, if I'm gonna get it, might as well get the best.
3: And to add well, on to there Pete's was... question, I want to know how long did it take you to figure out the placement of everything? Did you did you like map it out on SketchUp? Did, like how many iterations <sighs> on paper? I know I know you put it all down on paper. Come on. You seem like no, that. No, SketchUp,
2: hundred percent sketchup. Yes. Okay. The great thing about SketchUp is that you can go into the 3D warehouse and you can just download most common machines. Like you can get a fifteen inch planer and a twelve inch jointer. And if you can't find it exactly, you can kind of just like modify it to the size of your machine. You can, you can find a saw stop on there. You can find anything on the SketchUp warehouse and you can just, you know, draw a rectangle. That's the size of your room and place the machines in there. And you just kind of move it around
3: and figure out what kind of quote unquote work works best for you. Yeah,
2: exactly. And the, and the level up to that is that if you design your shop projects in SketchUp, you just import them in the model and place your, your designed workbench in there and your cabinets in there, which is what I've done too. So like I'm very pro SketchUp in terms of basically everything i just love seeing things in 3d space um but in terms of any rational reason why i got a 16 inch joiner and a 12 or 16 inch planer and a 12 inch jointer in that tiny shop my old one there's there's no rational reason i just saw it and i was like that's a good deal i gotta go get it so i think we all can relate to that (laughs) yeah i'm like oh Oh, 60-inch player, 800 bucks. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, how like I I a, that's how I get. How I get home. I'm Morrissey like, aw. <laughs>
1: like, oh, that's a great deal. I'll take that. I was going to say that, like, yeah, you sometimes you buy the tool that's oversized, but, like, that's that's the last one I have to buy ever, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I totally get it.
2: <laughs> I mean, so... My last shop was always a temporary shop. I was never going to stay there for a long time because I knew it just wasn't going to work out. It wasn't enough space, so um, I bought machines for the shop I didn't ha- I didn't have. So. Uh yeah, it's it wasn't a great idea. And like um Yosef said in his uh question, like, you know, where do you put your projects as you're building them? Well the problem was is I didn't have space to put my projects I was building them in that old shop. I found ways around it. I would use an adjacent cellar room in the basement so of where my shop was to kind of put parts as I was and there were other tools like uh that I would like my air compressor was in another room in a closet that I would just drag a hose from. So I always had kind of workarounds for these sort of things. But realistically, no, it wasn't a good idea. I probably should have had a six inch joiner and a 12 inch planer in that shop, which I started with. I had a a six inch Delta, which was a a wonderful machine and a, a Makita 12 inch planer, which was also a wonderful machine. And I, the rational Scott should have just stayed with those machines until I moved out. But, you know, I'm not rational. (laughs) <laughs> I never claimed to when be. When you
3: see a good deal, you got to take it.
2: You got oh, it. Oh man, I I used to be addicted to Kijiji. Like I was I had the the great thing about Kijiji was Craigslist that you could uh, have yeah, Craigslist oh. for Americans. But I don't know if Craigslist had this feature where you can save searches. And so what you would do is you would it's kind of like an RSS feed you, if you know what one of the, those yeah, is.
1: Yeah, I get like emails from Craigslist still like for some I yeah. use, so uh,
2: there was a service called
3: if this then that. I would use that. Oh, I remember that. Uh, you know you know how to code. Yeah. <laughs> no code so anyway, yeah.
2: I know. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I used to get notifications for like planar and I would just like look every day and like, oh, that's a good deal. And I would contact them. And so like I was kind of addicted to that and I, I, I have since stopped. Can't relate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Anyway, so that was a long-winded answer for the part one. I think the part two was how do I transport I'd these machines? Yeah,
1: hauling it from the person to it, your yeah. Shop. Well, you kind of touched I up got on a- this on, in the pre-show of the actual like delivery or install part of it. Is like you just ask like, your friends? Oh, no, well, not just your friends. Yeah, but like, sometimes it's rent a machine.
2: Yeah. So like that, that shop was in a basement and I had a flight of seven stairs and I was stupid enough to bring like a 500 pound table saw, a 700 pound joiner, a 500 pound planer down those flight of stairs. And when I because I got those machines sort of individually that I would just kind of bring a couple of friends over and we would kind of step by step lift it down in the basement. And it was we were all tired My and sweaty, just but
1: listening.
2: It, yeah, but. Just listening. Oh, it, it was horrible, but I never injured myself. No one got injured. Thank God it was it really was stupid. Um, when I moved out recently, I discovered this thing, which I think I discovered scrolling on Instagram or Facebook. It was on a Facebook group and someone had done that. They had rented a power stairlift dolly. And I was like, oh my God, that is exactly what I need. It's like, it looks like a regular hand truck dolly, but it's bigger. It turns out a lot bigger. The whole dolly, you need two people just to move oh, really? it. <laughs> yeah, but it's still safer even though you need an extra set of hands. But yeah, it has this sort of mechanism that just climbs up a set of staircase and is rated for like seven to a thousand, 700 to a thousand pounds. So I was able to lift up the joiner, no problem. Uh, up the staircase and everything in a day, which was just a miracle when I moved. I had no idea that was a thing.
3: Huh. Oh, it's Today amazing! I if so,
2: if you ever need to lift something heavy, I think people often use them for gun safes. Uh, um, of course. Not that, not that I know <laughs> anything about that.
3: <laughs> you think, as an American, I would know that?
2: Yeah. So people use them for gun safes a lot, but they're great just for like machines. Hundred percent.
1: just like sit
3: around. Just like, leave them like your on, on your table. flip-top coffee table. Yeah. Just out.
2: Yeah, <laughs> now nah, there's just gonna be a hidden container underneath there that will just flip out. Yeah, it yeah. reloads it when you flip it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just give, give me a five give me five seconds here. <laughs> hey,
1: on that same note, like I, ever since I saw Bags uh, uh, Wood Whisper, he got that like it's basically like an engine hoist, but it's a little beefier than that. And yeah. it, it can actually elevate it like has like three tiers It could go up higher and it's all mechanical. It's not like it's like, electrical. yeah, I think it's like a winched,
2: uh, um, it's a winch
1: system th- and like you crank yeah. it or there's a chain you pull or something like that, but it can hold a substantial amount of weight. And ever since I saw that, I was like, wait, how much do these things cost? Like an engine hoist or some kind of combination of this or something in between. They're only, and I'm saying only like loosely. They're only about five to seven hundred dollars for like a beefy yeah, one, yeah. like a really beefy one, not a Harbor Freight boy that you can get for three hundred. Like if you really want to get something beefy, because the the thing is, if you ever want to move your table saw, you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> if you have like a full size, if like you're trying to do it alone, cast iron. Oh um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a bad time, but you know what? five hundred dollars and a thing tucks away nice and tight and if you have the space in your shop put it in a corner and if you get a new tool or whatever you can you can load it up into your truck even or whatever you it it's it's worth the investment and it's something I that i loaded my can
3: subaru choose.
1: you could yes if your subaru okay. was a baja the, the manliest because <laughs> it also oh, has yeah. a trip bed on it oh yeah exactly no but like if, if you know when we have our like whatever next shop we have unless I have a tractor of some kind that can move machinery around with pitchforks on the front or whatever forks uh I'm going to probably invest in one of those engine hoists or lifts or something something would be for tires so I can get it all the way back to the new shop but
2: that's I mean good. if you're if your new shop is a pole barn you kind of need a tractor you know
1: That's the goal That goes without saying Tractor first yeah. then pole barn Tractor so I yeah. can assist with making the barn, even though I'll probably pay some Amish guys to do it. But,
2: <laughs> yeah. You need a tractor. Like, like you would. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, so here's the other facet of hauling machines. So I don't own a truck. I used to own well, a truck, but truck I got rental. rid of it. The best. Yeah. So I have done it U-Hauls hurts. and truck rentals for hauling machines. Um, Here's a couple of recommendations. One, if you're doing a lot of machines <laughs> yeah, right there, if you're doing a lot of machines at once, like you're moving your whole shop, rent a truck with a friggin' lift gate, oh, it will yes. change your life. So like when I moved my shop, the combination of that stairlift dolly and a van with a lift gate, it just made everything so awesome. You could even do that for one machine, but the tr- the vans with lift gates tend to be like a 26 foot box truck and they're not cheap. It was like, is it's that going to be like five, in Canada, 500 bucks? Is that
3: U-Haul or is that like Kijija haul or something?
2: a ah. hole we a- have u-haul and the fun the funny thing about u-haul is that the plates on all u hauls are still like arizona registered so <laughs> uh, i don't know what I've that's never about.
1: gotten a u-haul with plates from my state
2: they're always no, from, like they're all
1: they're all arizona
2: play. it's a it's a tax thing <laughs> yeah yeah so the other thing is is that i have i have a regular sedan like a honda accord basically, and I have a trailer for it, which is kind of ridiculous, but uh, I'm just one man, of those guys who goes Missouri, around with car. Like a car. man. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, <laughs> a flat... <laughs> I have a flatbed 4x8 trailer that I think you can buy at Harbor Freight, the same model. I didn't get it from Harbor Freight because we don't have that here, but it has like a tilt deck to it, too, and... Yeah, it's this crazy thing that I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure only costs like 500 bucks at Harbor Freight. and uh, You could tilt it. You could fold the whole thing up. Like I keep it stored folded in up in the driveway. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. Just, just whatever I need it, you know, whip World's it out.
1: lamest transformer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Takes like 10.
2: <laughs> as silly as it sounds, it is really handy because, A, I could throw a sheet of plywood on it and it fits perfectly. I don't have to cut it up or anything. Uh, But B, it's great for hauling machines because the deck tilts on it and I just throw a little hand crank winch on the end of it and I just skid a machine up the trailer. And I've hauled probably a thousand pounds with it with my car and it's fine. Like it's it's not a big deal.
3: Honda Accord coming in clutch.
1: Coming in clutch? Yeah,
2: so... I if if it kind of speaks to you, then look into those folding trailers for a car. Like you don't need a truck to be a, w- a home hobbyist woodworker. I'm I folding trailers.
3: I'm in. You trailer watch league. your mouth. You look.
2: I totally, I totally want a truck, and I had a truck, but uh, it's. I'll be honest, it's not a hundred percent necessary unless you are going through material listen, really fast. Better hope
3: boss. my wife doesn't Some listen. Some of to us this. are a
1: trailer but boss.
2: You're Dan. You're not a home hobbyist woodworker. You are a business that's owner right. with a wood shop. I am exactly. a professional
1: Daniel Dunlap
3: woodworker. Owner.
2: You are a pro- pro- professional trail boss owner and keeper.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> uh,
5: that's
1: like the worst business card ever. <laughs> but I'm gonna make one. Uh, yep. Speaking of professional trail something owners, bossers, um,
4: Justin from Campfire. <laughs> Hey, guys. Justin here from Campfire Woodworks. Uh, First, I wanted to thank you guys for responding to my application to become a third host. Um, I really appreciate the constructive feedback. I'm just a little unclear as to why it was all in capital letters and accompanied by a restraining order. But, oh, well, maybe it's just better if I follow up in person. Anyway, uh, my question. Uh, I had an issue recently with a potential mm, client no. that reached out to me. We exchanged a bunch of emails back and forth, and the deeper we got into <clears> narrowing down exactly what he wanted out of the final project, the more I realized that he was never going to be happy with whatever I ended up delivering. So I ended up writing him back uh, and just cutting ties completely with an email that was something like, "I think the demands of this project are going to be outside of my scope." Yada yada yada. It's probably best that the work go to a. Maker who can better bring your vision to reality or something like that. Uh, and so I just kind of ghosted the rest of his emails after that. Cause I just, I, I thought it was best if we didn't communicate anymore. So I wanted to know uh, what are some of the red flags that have made you turn away work in the past? And what are some of the top things that set off your spidey senses for problematic clients? So
1: thanks. I'll see you guys soon. Oh, Justin, 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 what a beautiful question. First of all, uh, the way you handle that situation Uh, I think it's the one you told me about in person too. It beautifully handled. Yeah, that's the way you do it. It's like, I don't think we're the right fit for for each other. As far as what the red flags are, you literally listed them. It's when a customer, you know, we always say like, oh, we're so nitpicky. Like I see that flaw, but the customer never will. If the customer sees flaws you don't see, that's a red flag. Or if the Mm. customer is like, I just want to make sure my $150 woodworking project um, that I'm getting my money's worth that's not the customer you want. That's that. That customer is going to find something wrong with it and find that their hundred fifty dollars didn't go far enough. You want the customer, and we've said this before: is when you send them an invoice, they they just reply with paid, and that's it. And like they don't, they, they trust in your work and they've seen your work and they just want it delivered. You know, and obviously if something's wrong. You, you're we're all kind enough to to deal with it, but that's the red flag: is if they're too nitpicky out of the gate. I have cut people off real quick with that. It's like, you know what? I don't like taking on commissions already. And this is, this is not going to happen. So when they're like, yeah, but can you get it? Like, and it would like calipers. Can you get it like this tight or whatever? I run into this with like laser work or CNC work sometimes. And they're like, it doesn't fit quite perfect. I'm like, "Mm, I don't want to work with you anymore. (laughs) I'm sorry. Damn. what, What do you think?
3: Yeah, you pretty much nailed it right on the head. I mean, I've had clients that, in, in the beginning, they were all like, we love your work. We 100% trust you, yada, yada. And it all sounded great. But as I started to do work for them, and it, it was multiple pieces, and I won't say what pieces, but uh, they started micromanaging everything. And that was when I was like, okay, I think we're done working with each other. I can't deal with this anymore. I'm not going to allow you to micromanage everything I do. That not only is that just outright annoying, but it's slowing up the process. And it's taking all of the joy out of what I do. I don't work for myself just to get bossed around and micromanaged by clients. That's not why I do this. I do it because I like working for myself and I like making my own decisions and stuff. So, uh, you know, Justin, you I think you understand the red flags. It's just it, it it comes to a point where, like, if you start feeling uncomfortable with the project or you're, you're uncomfortable with the amount of, like, advice they're giving you, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes on a podcast. Um, you just. It comes with time. You just you, you just know when to start cutting it off. And for me, it was all the micromanaging.
1: Yeah.
3: Scott, you don't currently do client work, but you have mentioned in the past that you did client work in other shops.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I used to work in a custom frame shop and I, I did have to deal with basically all of the customers that came through. But honestly, you guys basically said everything I was going to say. It's... I think the number one thing is if you establish the budget right away as just a ballpark number like that can weed out people pretty quick and like don't be afraid to go high because like the the price always snowballs with all the, the different asks that people want and stuff like that so just like like if someone is interested in your work and they contact you say, Hey, I'm interested in a dining table from you. Just even if they don't ask, just ask, what do you want to pay? What is your budget? Because if it's anything less than like $5,000 or whatever your, your minimum threshold for a dining room table is like, just say, I'm sorry. This is just we're we're, we're on different fields here. We're like, it's the budget is one thing that is non-negotiable. And if you take lower paid work for something just to get a client you're going to hate the process that much more as you're doing it and you're going to hate your clients <laughs> more as you do it so just just be careful about budgets and setting expectations really early and on that also
3: weeds out a lot of the back and forth and beginning i mean if hundred percent back and forth before you even talk
2: about the budget, I mean, just think about all the time you've wasted right there. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like it's it's crazy that like in the beginning when I started working there, I would sort of forget that, what, what my manager had taught me. And I would get so far down the line of a, a custom order and they would like, completely flip shit at the price in the end and just like walk away. And like, that was an hour gone. And yeah. at, you know, that, that wasn't like, acceptable. Oh, I can
3: go to Canadian tire and get that for 200 bucks.
2: Exactly. Exactly. It's just crazy. Then and, do I, that, the please. O- and the only other thing I would say too, is that like, I don't know, just like, Yeah. Just like you said, nip it in the bud. As soon as you start getting those warning signs, try and end it early. Because if you start getting complacent with Mm -hmm. the way customers are treating you, you're going to normalize it for yourself. And you're going to go through your whole career and your whole business with customers treating you in the same way. So just don't allow people to walk over you and think that that's normal.
3: Man, I got to tell you, as a business owner, one of the things that irks me the most is that old saying, the customer
2: is always oh, right. Oh no, no, no! Absolutely not. That
3: couldn't I mean, be any farther from the,
1: from the, the
2: truth. Your your job as a as a salesperson is to educate the customer. Oh, I like yeah. that. That means that the customer is not right in and of itself. You know what I mean? Yes. Your job is to educate the customer to figure out what you, they need.
3: The professional craftsmen to make this.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Like maybe that saying goes for like friggin' Walmart or something, but definitely not. Uh, if you're a, you know, an artisan or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. Any, yeah. any specialized skill really?
2: Yeah. hundred percent. You, you're, you're the smartest person in the room and don't let the customer forget that, but just don't be an asshole about it. Maybe a little bit.
1: Just a little bit. You, you have to be a little rude. I, I definitely lost. You since gotta I've be stopped firm taking commissions. I have definitely firm. lost more business than I've earned. Uh, but all the business that I've lost. I did not want in the first place.
3: I'm even firm with people on Etsy sometimes. Like yeah, y- you just can't let people roll over you like that. You I mean,
2: I don't even respond to people on Etsy anymore. I don't sell physical product. I sell digital product, but still like, I just, I just can't just be bothered. Like if you
1: Scotty. don't like, like, I don't care.
2: <laughs> feet, uh, it's feet pics, feet picks. <clears throat> Uh,
1: Great. Yeah. Great question, Justin. And uh, good answers, guys. Great questions or great answers all around. It. Yeah. Next one is uh, in French. Oh, yeah. Yeah. French.
6: French? Hey guys. So apparently the theme for tonight podcast is small oh, I shop love and luckily I have something like a car and a quarter garage at the shop or maybe a car and a motorcycle. Anyway, it's small. And I have a bunch of tools Hello. Everything is on wheel, including a big left, a planer table, a planer and a table saw, and also my workbench. And the workbench is quite long. It's like 160 centimeter by 60 centimeter. And lately, I have been pondering if I should cut it in half and then glue it back together on the long side and stick, stick my table saw to it. So it can also be a outfit table. I know that most woodworkers want uh, an an outfit table, but it will also mean I'll have to when well, I'll have a huge block to move around while right now it's only two smaller uh, modules. What do you think? Bigger block with the table so or just keep it apart. Also Pete, where where is your new YouTube video? I asked just in case Kimani forgot to do so. Alright, bye guys. Oh, he's can somebody shade. do the
1: math for me on the yeah, centimeters? I'll, well, uh, all the math, yeah, uh, yeah, I got it, I got it on my calculator in inches is exactly 62.9999999999 nice inches, so not 63, got it, it's 63, <laughs> yeah, so it's about 63 inches by about um 24, about 24 inches, so yeah. Basically, what he's asking is he's got a very long two foot by roughly five foot-ish assembly table, workbench, whatever you want to call it. And he's trying to figure out if he should cut it in half and glue it along the long side to have a big wide island, basically. So then have like a a 30 something inch by 48 inch table and then attach a table saw to that but he would have to move around that large chunk or if he should have two small pieces, two shorter, two half benches to move around and essentially just put his table saw on one of them. I honestly, for a small shop, I'm going to recommend that you keep them separate. If your floor is level enough, you can actually use it as a continuous outfeed if you ever need it for a longer piece. If you ever need help on the in-feed, you can move it around and use it almost like a roller for longer pieces into a machine. And one of the best things I did that I'll highly recommend to you, Toma is I made sure that almost all the tops in my shop are exactly the same height. So if I'm ever running, you know, a giant sheet through my table saw or something, the workbench next to it can almost act as a wing to support it. So having the same height pieces or tables all the way around really helps. I say, keep it separate and just slap your table saw, or make a cart that's the exact same height to outfeed onto one of those workbenches. Scotty,
2: you gotta keep it separated.
1: <laughs>
2: Actually, no, oh. I will politely disagree with you. Um, you although, polite, you know right. what? Okay, uh, Pete, I disagree with you. Um, no. no, I'm just kidding. Huh?
1: Now we can't. Be I, I don't know. It. I can. I 100%
2: see your point, Pete. But let me pose this question to you. What is your most used tool in your shop? Me. Accurate.
3: Okay, what
1: what's next? After that, <laughs> um well I want to say table saw, but table saw band saw like 50-50. But table saw.
2: I'm maybe this is a cheat answer, but I think your most used tool is your workbench. Well,
1: okay, so I wasn't going to answer I was cuz I was going with tools, but my most he used tool you. in my shop is my, I my Husky you. adjustable height workbench thing.
2: Yeah. I, I stand sponsored. in front of
1: that. Not sponsored, but like, I love that thing. Um, so like,
2: I, I suppose this is the way I work, but I find it hard to imagine that splitting my bench into two pieces is going to be, is going to make me happier while using the workbench as a workbench. Yeah. Maybe it'll work better for your table saw outfeed. Yeah, maybe it'll work better to scoot things around in your shop, but uh, I'm under the uh, opinion that your 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 bench should be solid, stable and kind of immovable. And that's not just if you like use hand tools or whatever. I just think you need a really big, solid work surface. So, by splitting your bench up, it's going to make them less solid. It's going to make them probably not line up exactly with the height of the tabletop. I'm I'm not talking about a big gap, but maybe a little gap that might cause a glue up to go a bit astray if there's a bit of a di- discrepancy in the top. So, if it were me, I would prioritize keeping your workbench big and solid even though you have a small shop because at the end of the day your workbench is the tool that you use the most, more so than your table saw or anything else in your shop. So, I would I would keep it solid.
3: I, man, I see your point, and it almost makes me want to not give my answer. But it's such a great no. answer, so I'm still going to give it. Give um, it. <laughs> I I agree with what Sky's saying. You, you do want a hefty, immovable workbench. I think that's kind of a key for a workbench is for it to be immovable and be really solid. But since you have such a small shop, and you kind of are leaning towards cutting it in half, and you want to flip it around. Why not do this? Put when you cut it in half, put magnets, really strong magnets around the outside of the workbench. So it it becomes like a modular piece. And if it's on wheels, you can flip it around and it it kinda clicks to, you know, the long edge or you can put it back to the short edge. But I don't want to get Big
2: mag switches.
3: Like a like a (laughs) mag switch workbench. Yeah. I, I think like, I can't claim I can't claim that I saw that idea. I think I saw uh I like to make stuff. Uh, Bob Claggett did uh, that. Yeah, he did he made like a modular workbench and he did something very similar to that. And I think that would be a great solution for you, Toma. Mm. But I do agree with Scott. I think a, a workbench should be really stout and immovable and and sturdy. So if you yeah. could combine the two somehow, maybe make the after you cut the bench in half, make one of them at least super stout, you know, beef up the legs, beef up something. And I don't I know.
1: Actually, if if I may, I have a, a second answer because we didn't really explore this option. And that is scrap this bench and build new benches, build something solid and a little more permanent something that you're going to be happy with. If that's in the cards, sure. Like build a little, if you have a small table saw, I think he's got more of like the contractor table saw, build a little table around that or even a rolling bench or something. I had a rolling table with an outfeed and whatnot. I've seen do that and then have like, maybe use this bench, just throw it up against the wall as like a, a more, you know, Bolt it to the wall or whatever, make it a more immovable hand tool bench or something. But like yeah, maybe those, rethink the whole section in the center.
3: Those contractor table saws, typically you can take the the table saw like body off the legs and you can, you know, incorporate like, incorporate that into like a bench where your bench kind of goes around. I've seen dudes do I that. They had a four by know, six bunch
1: table where the be, uh, the, the, I had the DeWalt contractor saw sat in the center on one end. Mm-hmm. So I had a basically a five and a half foot outfeed table. Yeah,
3: basically and on that, one that side, allows you to have,
1: yeah. Yeah, I would like take out a section and my miter saw would pop in there and it was the perfect height. So I had an infeed and outfeed on both sides. Mm-hmm. That was a thing I found on SketchUp.
2: Or or you could build the uh, small shop workbench plans that you could buy on scottwalsh.com. There you go. There's the Didn't best say answer it. right there. Didn't say it. I mean, no, it's fine. You can say
1: that's it. That's not sponsored. One way you of
2: do it. Do <laughs> <it>. <laughs> No, that's a good answer.
3: But good Scott, answer, if boy. somebody <laughs> wants
1: to buy one of your plans, where can they find you?
2: Uh so I have a crappy Etsy store that I don't pay attention to, but that is where my sales are going through. If you send him a through. question,
3: he clearly won't answer it. So.
2: No, not at all. It's best to email me, but I am launching a website. Technically, it's kind of already launched. It's www.scottwalsh.co. And live on the website are my small few plans that I have for sale. And there's going to be STLs in the future for 3D prints. Uh, So yeah, lots of cool stuff coming to my website. I'm really, really proud of it. My wonderful girlfriend, Rachel, is Kind of helping me in the background when she has free time to make me the website of my own dreams, so uh, plans. yeah much wow yeah it's, I'm stoked my website is dope it's gonna be sick. I'm gonna eventually do courses uh, and it'll uh, be all hosted on my website through a little paywall you'll register for an account on my site and you can access a, a live video stream for some woodworking courses so that's coming later this this year maybe early next year.
1: Site. awesome i like the site nice work
2: yeah so it's not it's nice not done yet not you, but,
1: Scotty. You're yeah yeah
2: i'll i'll, I'll tell rachel
1: <laughs> uh sweet all right last question is from lars here it is
4: hey guys it's lars calling in and uh, i was listening to your episode there uh i believe on sunday or so and afterwards, I got a recommendation from Spotify about uh, the new Cranky Workshop podcast. And I was just listening along, didn't even know it was on a, on a different podcast. thought maybe it was a bonus episode or something. Because uh, they were just two cranky old men yelling about everything, including the owner of a certain oil, hard wax oil company. Um, yeah, so that... I just wanted to harass you guys about that. Wondered about your opinions on actually if, if you did <laughs> listen, uh, what they talked about. So,
1: thanks. Sure, that wasn't just our podcast. Uh, is someone playing never, our reruns as their own podcast? From
3: I've never heard of this podcast, and it'll probably be a cold day in hell before I do listen to it.
2: That's my opinion. Oh <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Strong words in regards to no. I I have heard of this podcast. Before. You have. You, have. you guys, this yeah, is the yeah, first yeah. I'm hearing of it. I think they only have one or two episodes, but um, I think one of the guys is in John Cesaro's Facebook group. The other one, I just I just seen his videos around. So yeah, they're um, they're doing something. I, I I didn't really listen to be honest with you, but uh, they uh, yeah, New Cranky Workshop kind of sums new it up.
1: Cranky with, uh, workshop is what it's called?
3: I like the I like the name. I'm not gonna lie, it's a take on the New Yankee Workshop. I like the yeah.
2: name. As far as I remember maybe i'm misremembering this but they do like to kind of uh push buttons uh push against people no from way. the uh the uh sort of the influencers of the woodworking world oh, so it, well, I never if, 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 if
1: snap back wearing garage shop having <laughs> t-
2: if you if you don't like me or people like me then maybe
1: that's your podcast How dare you be in a garage? And
2: this will be the last time we
3: ever mention that podcast on this podcast. So, yikes.
1: Uh, Well, uh, speaking of the perfect way to mention things, uh, I'm going to mention Malcolm now because he wrote in. And he, Malcolm is, uh, Malcolm's kind of our winner for the intro contest? If there was a contest even? I don't know. But uh yeah, Malcolm called in. He gave us a couple variations of uh script that we gave him. He did a great job. You probably heard it in the intro this week. And uh, we're going to change them up. And the best part about what Malcolm did is, not only did he do the intros we asked, and he just kind of did some variations of his own, um, he offered to do new ones as new, new AWP memes memes come up. You know, new jokes, <laughs> running jokes that we have come up. Uh, he might do some new ones. Uh, he also did some outros that you may hear as we uh, get out of the show later in the recording. So, here's this question from Malcolm.
0: Hey guys, it's Malcolm from Boston of Woodworks. And I just want to say a shout out to Scott. I really enjoy your content. I've watched you uh, evolve on YouTube over the past year or two. And I really appreciate everything that you do. And then, Pete, thanks for choosing me for your voiceover intro stuff. I have worked with Pete to create a template. And we'd like to make sure that the listeners are also able to add to that template if you want to. So the format is basically you're listening to another out podcast, then insert some kind of joke, and then your host, blah, 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 blah. You'll hopefully hear it. I've attached some samples to this email, and I've also included a couple of outros that are optional if you want to use it. Go ahead. Cool. Uh, put it at the end of your podcast. No problem. Oh,
2: Bye.
1: <laughs> Bye. That's right. It was oh, right. Oh, no he, question. That was more just like a...
2: Just a comment. Hold well, we do like we Malcolm,
1: we really so. appreciate you. Malcolm was... Uh, we all had a good time, and we actually have some outros. Actually, we may have missed these.
3: Don't don't play them yet. I want to sprinkle them in over the next couple weeks.
1: Okay. All right. So the other <laughs> intros that you guys have called in. Uh, Nick, I know you called in with one. And uh, Ash from Down Under uh, in Australia... Um, well, I think your national flag is throwing a shrimp on a bobby. Uh, but I I think you guys called in. We're going to play him next week during the pre-show and the show show. Um, teaser. A, a little teaser. Yeah, kind of spread him out. I apologize because you guys called in early this week. You guys jumped a gun. I, I really do love that. But we're kind of running over on time, and we've kept Scott here way past his time. What? Bedtime. Way From past. From what I understand, I,
3: he goes the, to bed at like 6.30 p.m.
1: No, he went uh, That is Canada. I-
2: that is ideal. I, w- I would go to bed that early if I could, all right? I would, too. I'm not going to lie. I ah. love
3: sleeping.
1: Sleeping's kind of the best.
3: Hey, completely off topic. Yeah. Let's talk about sleeping for a second. Oh, okay. yeah. I finally heard back from my doctor from the sleep study I had to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Finally. Apparently, I have severe sleep apnea mm. severe
1: shocked pikachu case
3: <laughs> so i'm going to be uh like next week or the week after whenever the 17th is i don't know what the day
1: is getting like. fitted for an incubation chamber that you can sleep in
3: basically so i did the at home test and they're like well that's not going to be enough so we're gonna need you to come back and stay the night in our sleep chamber,
1: sir. This so. system was c- clearly not working. <laughs> it says you took three breaths the whole night.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how you're alive. So yeah, um,
1: yay, Dan. I'm I'm actually, but yeah. we'll see. Excited I might for you to get that.
3: I might be able to breathe and sleep normally at Maker Camp. So that's actually yay. so
1: the thing is, if we're keeping if we're going in the same house, if we're keeping the same crowd, everyone's gonna get their own room. So. You know, you can get your set up your CPAP. But Dan, I'm really I'm really happy you're getting this thing. I am too,
3: because yeah. I am tired all the time. There's other and people that, in might community be that
1: have talked to you about this already that were also fighting it and then they got it. Like Lee loves it. Lee gets so much rest. I'm
3: not looking forward
1: to sleeping with the You can the be thing dancing every face, Friday, but... bro. That's how good it is.
3: <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't that. It's gonna be a long time before I start dancing every Friday.
1: <laughs> um, anyway.
3: That's my little oh, news.
1: Oh, that's exciting. But uh you know what's also exciting is just having Scotty on a podcast. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I had a great time. I we genuinely appreciate it. Uh you are Yeah, it was
2: pretty good. You
1: know that's, that's how our half decent, you know. It was, it was, it was, you were you were so half decent. Okay. You're almost so
2: extremely
1: half decent. Yeah. <laughs> Double plus good, if uh if I'm asking George Orwell here. But anyways, um that was a nineteen eighty four joke, if anyone got it. Or whatever. Uh, really uh, happy to have you on dude thank you so much big fan of your content check out Scotty at uh, Scotty D. Walsh on Instagram or yeah Scott D. Walsh woodworking on YouTube is there no D nah, no D YouTube
2: is just Scott Walsh Scott Walsh just Scott Walsh,
1: Walsh. oh is it just Scott Walsh
2: oh. yeah just Scott Walsh just my name it's all you need Scott
1: Walsh just Scott Walsh and then also check out his website ScottWalsh.co. Um, yeah which is not really officially launched but uh, that'd
2: be but cool
3: hey, ancient Give,
1: computer.
3: if you're Give me me listening to this feedback. in the future it might be there
1: Yeah.
2: alright I gotta, I gotta publish it tomorrow
1: guys alright <laughs> 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 Rachel but you can get plans from him he's got some great content go check it out and uh, if you have any small shop, seriously small shop questions he's the guy to talk to because he has been doing amazing work out of his small shop thank you so much for being on and thank you to our thank patrons you. for being amazing. And uh, you know what, Scotty? Do you have a Patreon? I don't. don't. No. Well, when he does, y'all should consider getting his. Not jumping ship. Just also adjacent to ours. Get a second. I'll get, I'll get around <laughs> to it one of these days. Yeah. Go help him out there, uh, Dan. You got anything else, Dad?
3: Yeah. Big shout out to our patrons. Be sure to share the show. Share with everybody you know leave reviews do all that jazz we appreciate everybody listens it really means a each lot. and every week Helps out a uh, lot, and we'll see you next week
1: yeah and uh we're gonna end the show with uh malcolm doing one of his outros
0: i lost a bet and now i do all their voiceover work <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right <laughs> thank you malcolm love you long, long time. time bye-bye
2: bye-bye
0: I can't believe I volunteered for this sh**.